Welcome to the Spotted Places podcast with guest Sarah Boinkin. Hey everybody, this is Brent Hawthorne. I'm your host and the CEO of Spotted Places. This is a unusual podcast. Uh, we jazz up the format, but it is very entertaining because our guest is Sarah Boinkin. And Sarah is a influencer when it comes to the live streaming community. We actually met a couple of months ago at the Startup Grind conference in San Francisco. While she was periscoping, I just ran up and totally crashed her periscope. But during this interview, she actually challenged me to record it, Facebook live stream it, and Periscope it all at the same time. And because of that, the format's a little unique, but you'll find that it's a lot more entertaining than some of our other uh, podcasts. Uh, During this, she goes into how she got into Periscoping and gives some tips and tricks. So if that's something that you're thinking about potentially making money through, uh, this is a really good one to listen to. She also talks about like how to deal with trolls, Uh, We talk about some of her latest travels to Hong Kong, China, how she feels like she got hacked after wearing masks uh, in front of the Great Wall and periscoping that all at the same time. She also talks about how she got men to take off their shirts during karaoke, and she is a blast to talk to. So I hope you find this as entertaining as I did recording it. And uh, with that, let's jump into the show. All right, who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? Hi, my name is Sarah B. Boinkin. I am a live streamer. I'm also a mental health counselor, certified personal trainer, and I teach nutrition. And traveling is a passion for me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much, Bryant, of Spotted Places. I actually had the opportunity to use your app while I was just traveling in Hong Kong and China. That is awesome. I do want to tell our listeners that we are also periscoping this right now. So we're doing something a little bit different. So this has been kind of an experiment and uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing this all at the same time. Um, So Sarah, where can people find you with Periscope? We're going to dive into that a little bit more uh, later on after we hear about some of your travels. But where can people find you on Periscope? People can find me on Periscope at B Boinkin. That's B B O I N K I N, like Boinkin without the G. As a play on my last name, um, and I am a recent VIP bronze status on Periscope. So happy to be always providing content there. That is awesome. All right. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Just uh, what you do? Maybe some of your travels? Just a little bit of background about yourself. Sure. So I am originally from Phoenix, Arizona. I now live in the Bay Area, moved out here because my husband had a postdoc at Stanford, somehow got in technology. I think it had to do with the fact that my background is in mental health counseling, and I wanted to have a wider audience to speak to. And because of apps like Periscope, Facebook Live, I was able to reach out and do that, reach more people. And I started live streaming about counseling topics during the day and crazy fun scopes in the evening. That's awesome. Any of my Periscope audience knows because life is about balance. And part of that balance for me is that travel, whether it's for business or for pleasure. And when people ask me, I like to say it's for both. And I like to both in. Yeah. You have to be uh, good in the inside to uh, help other people on the outside, right? (laughs) Definitely. I think that 
is exactly what I'm looking for as far as congruency and helping other people to find that. Yeah, that is awesome. So can you give me a brief kind of history or background, just summarize some of your your top places that you visited? Um, yeah. So I just came back from China and Hong Kong. And I was telling you when we talked about this before that I might have to change my list. Um, I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm still quite fond of, I lived in Israel for two and a half years. Uh, I speak Hebrew now. So going to places awesome. where you speak the language, especially to continue practicing that language is always yeah. a new frustration that's removed from the equation, just being in China and having to learn some man a little bit stressful. And um, I definitely loved when I traveled as well in Italy, I was there by myself. This was like okay. 2007, I believe. And I because I was traveling by myself and staying in hostels, I had the opportunity of staying with people who all wanted to go to the same places I wanted to go. So I had travel buddies every day that I was also getting to know every single day, which was really awesome. That's awesome. So what would you pick is kind of like the top place? Um, you can even pick uh, uh, your recent travels as well, if that's changed now, or would you say that would be more kind of like Israel? What would you say like the best place you've ever been to is? Ooh, so this is really hard because I'm a person that like, likes to pack a lot into travel. And I think I actually really enjoyed honeymooning in Fiji. It was very relaxing, but at the same time, like the culture of it, one of the things that was particularly funny was just uh, feeling so welcomed by the natives. Because I think a lot of times when you're traveling, there's this sense that as the tourist, you're not yeah. welcome in the land. And one of the things that I really loved about being in Fiji was that everywhere we went, people would welcome us. And uh, the first day we were there, we actually went to look for a coconut stand. And uh, we couldn't find a coconut stand, but we instead wandered upon uh, a group of 12 and 13 year old boys. And they were like, what do you need? And we told them and they were like, come with us. So they take us through their village. All the doors are open. Families are sitting on concrete floors. And they welcome us in and this kid uh, goes and gets a machete and then introduces oh, wow. us to another kid. And he's like, this is Bill. He climbs trees, <laughs> which on him time. So and I, we just wanted coconuts. We didn't yeah. want this kid to get hurt. Yeah. So we were then uh, watching this kid climb up a 25 foot tree scaling it with his bare feet wow. and kicking all the coconuts onto the ground. And then the other kids started hacking at it with the machete and, uh, and we gave them some money, but they were so sweet and they actually became friends of ours during that trip. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a place I have not yet gone to that is super high up on my list. Are we getting comments on the Periscope yet? We're getting funny comments about that sounds violent and, uh, <laughs> These are people that I'm friends with, so they have a sick. Oh, sick that's awesome. <laughs> I think we should pause periodically in this podcast to answer some of the Periscope questions, because I feel like that will add this entertainment value to the podcast itself. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> As you tell stories about children with machetes climbing up trees. So when we were talking previously, you went into depth uh, about Israel. Would you mind giving me some of the like highlights uh, just because you had lived there for a little bit of time, just kind of if somebody's visiting that area, what you'd recommend for them to do? Okay. 
First of all, before they go, one of the things that I want to recommend because it has to do with safety is read the local news. <laughs> they have news in English. Don't follow the Fox News. Don't follow what you see in the U.S. It's not true. I'll be completely honest. One of the questions I get a lot about Israel is, did I feel safe? There was actually no crime in Israel. I would go running on the beach three o'clock in the morning. And what's really interesting is that because they are required to go to the army at the age of 18, everybody knows how to handle if there's a crisis. It's interesting because being in a country where we're very reactive because we need to be to be protective. I mean, when, when yeah. September 11th happened, we had no choice but to you know, make people up to the age of 65 go through scanners and take their shoes off. And, but being in a country where they have been proactive the entire time, um, everybody has a sense of what to do if there's ever a crisis. They have things like bomb shelters that are already figured into their buildings. I never had to go in one. Wow. But even when my friends did at one point, they they had a rave. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, there's not a sense of fear. I mean, it, think about it. I mean, living in fear is not really something that... You you can't, it's not sustainable, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'd say definitely uh, check the local news of where you're going to and get a sense for where you're going. Um, and something else I could say about that. Uh, I think using an app like Spotted Places is excellent because ah. if you can find where the locals go, that's where you want to be. You're going to have a more genuine experience. And that was what was cool about just coming back from China and Hong Kong is my brother-in-law and sister-in-law live there. So yeah. able to uh, go to a lot of really cool places. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. You haven't heard these stories yet because this. Just no, happened, I want to pick your brain. Yeah. Uh, so my sister-in-law tells me that we're going to go get a blind massage, and I'm like, "What is a blind? blind? It's a, it's a massage <laughs> where the mas massage. I don't even know if you can call them massage therapists because what they do is not very therapeutic, but um, they they are non-seeing." even though they have to make their way up the stairs and so they're not, are they, are they blind or they do are, they have no oh, they're, interesting? Yeah. So they, uh, they, you keep on your clothes, the doors are actually open and it's well lit and there's like no music. So it's kind of a strange atmosphere. And from what <laughs> I've heard, this is one of the better atmospheres, wow. but, um, and they're massaging you and, uh, my sister-in-law were sitting next to each other on the table and the woman kept asking in Mandarin if it was too hard, which I didn't understand. And so then my sister-in-law would have to say that it was, in which case then she would stop for like a moment and then she would go back. So I actually have now bruises on my arm. Are you arm. serious? <laughs> oh my goodness. But $10 uh, for an hour or so. So worth it? It was totally worth it for the experience alone. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you don't have all the like relaxing music. You just have somebody just like inflicting pain upon you. There was no music. This is, it was silent. Just the sounds of screams. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. What were some of the other highlights from your trip? Um, <laughs> other, other than people hurting you. So it's funny. Uh, 
after that, we actually went to a club, which is a bouncy club, like the floor bounces. Okay, not like a bouncy house club. No, it's like <laughs> the floor bounces, but it was closed. So we ended up at what I would consider to be like the Starbucks of okay. um, China because karaoke is on every single corner. So we ended up going to karaoke and uh, they thought it was just so bizarre because we were in a very native area that there were two white girls that were singing American boy band karaoke at the top of their lungs. And what I later learned that I thought might be true, but was confirmed to me is that uh, there are some underground escort services at this karaoke place. Okay. So, well, funny it was as we were leaving uh they, there's a little window in each of the rooms and they bring you in you know all these lavish you have dragon fruit yeah uh bring in pineapple and they all these different like appetizers and drinks and um so as we were leaving um we saw another room and there were eight men in the room um and two of them had actually taken their shirts off which was funny to me because <laughs> i'm like at what You just just take your shirt off. Are you like, if I'm going to hit this note, if I'm going to sell this, like, clothes have to come off. It's like, you know, some of the karaoke bars have that like meter. That's your meter. It's like how many, how many men have taken off their shirts at this point? (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, they were at that point. And not only were they at that point, but my sister-in-law realized that one of the men who was shirtless was actually a security guard at the school where she teaches at. (laughs) What? I know. That's not awkward. So it's it's similar to this podcast or the Periscope right now. We can tell if we're doing a really good job based off of how many people have taken mm-hmm. off their shirts right now. How many now. people on Periscope <laughs> in Periscope land have taken off their shirts right now? Oh, wow. <laughs> One of them said they're naked. <laughs> they're naked. So so you know it's... That's actually part of his tagline, though. Okay. Yeah. We're off to a good start if somebody's fully naked at this point <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. So... <laughs> I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, one thing that we've been getting into a little bit more in this podcast, um, other than just purely talking about travel, is like how do you travel and what do you do to potentially make income for that or tips and tricks regarding kind of your trait? And so obviously your trait in this case, I would say, is Periscope. So I want to dig into that a little bit and potentially provide kind of tools that our listeners could uh, bring to the table when it comes to their own potential periscoping skills or how you got into it. So I guess let's start from there. Like, how did you get into Periscope, first of all? How did I get into Periscope? So as I said, I moved to the Bay Area and um, I was, it actually started as a competition because my husband and I were challenging one another to see who could get the most followers (laughs) when he first exposed me to Periscope. And when we moved to the Bay Area, I had started watching more and more live content. And while this was happening, I actually pulled up Periscope one day and I'm looking at the worldview, which is not that dissimilar to the one on Spotted Places. And I saw that there was a large concentration in the Bay Area, more so than usual, that were live streaming. So I clicked on them and ended up in a room where I was informed by a very adorable now friend southern lady who told me yeah we're here for the periscope summit and i had no idea what that was so they proceeded to give me the information about a conference that was happening just 45 minutes away from where i live yeah and uh, i broke into periscope that's exactly how i got into it i physically literally 
had my phone, walked into the conference <laughs> like everybody else. I was also You're just periscoping. And, uh, and it wasn't that hard to do because I looked like every other person. And my initial knee jerk reaction was, wow, this is really narcissistic. These people <laughs> are all their own tabloids, they're their own paparazzi. But as the weekend continued and I started going to some of these panels that were talking about using art as a therapeutic means and people yeah. feeling completion by watching this happen, I realized this is an excellent way to reach people. Not yeah. only is it an excellent way to reach people, but there's not a thousand people at this event. If everyone is live streaming, there's a hundred thousand people yeah. at this event. And that was where I knew I needed to connect and I needed to put what I was doing for counseling on live stream. Yeah. And so I got really made some friendships at that conference, actually, that led to some partnerships. Cool. And, um, and that's where it took off. That is awesome. So now that you've been doing, well, first of all, how, how long have you been doing this? How long ago was that, that conference? That was January of 2016. Okay. So you got in fairly early then to kind of the wave that is Periscope. Yeah, because Periscope started, I believe, in March of 2015. So it wasn't yet a year old. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So people are like spotted places, by the way, on uh, Periscope. Awesome. They're downloading it and they're saying it's pretty. <laughs> awesome. I'd love to dig into that a little bit, um, a little bit later. Uh, so you guys that are on Periscope, uh, feel free to comment what you guys like, dislike. Uh, if you guys have feedback for us, I'd love to hear about that. Um, but yeah, so you've been doing this for a little while now. What are some like tips and tricks that you have in order to kind of expand your reach, uh, potentially turn this into business opportunity? If this is somebody listening to this podcast that might want to get into that, maybe create more of a lifestyle design. Uh, what would you recommend they do to get into this? You have something to say. Is there, are, what, what activity is happening on Periscope? They're, they're harassing me, trying to get me off my game, telling me where are the snacks. This is some Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> and they're talking to each other. Hello. Welcome. If it's your time, we are live on uh we're live on Skype, which is going to be on a podcast later. This is Brian. He is the CEO and founder of Places. Yes. Do you want to tell Periscope Land, actually, since we did detracted what uh, Spotted Places Yeah, is? we can do that. So all of the people listening to this podcast as well, we'll do our like little pitch. But Spotted Places is a travel application that allows you to get recommendations from your friends. So there's kind of two, two unique things we do. One is unlike Yelp or Foursquare, where you are entirely getting recommendations from people you don't know, our kind of our theory is that if you can get the recommendations from the people you trust, so that's family, friends, or even celebrities, then the quality of these places are going to be exponentially better. So you're making decisions off of people that if you have a bad experience, you can say, hey, whoever your best friend is, why did you recommend that place? It was crap. So you can hold people kind of accountable. Second is we do everything very visual. So the first thing you see right when you log into the app is the map. So very similar to Periscope, as Sarah was saying, you see the map and you can just see what your friends are recommending in a very visual way. So you can see, hey, it's up north, it's up, it's down south, 
and you can go and click of a button, get an Uber, get directions and start experiencing it. So that is it in a nutshell. Great. And I have people who are asking if it's available in Thailand. I have an influencer on here who has an audience of about, I'm going to misquote you, Justin, and I'm sorry about that. He has about <laughs> 20,000 people platforms and he'd like to get connected. So yeah. I will work on Yeah, that. definitely check it out. Uh, it is available worldwide other than the places where they restrict you. Um, <laughs> similar to the places you just traveled. Uh, yeah. But Thailand, it should be available. So uh, feel free to reach out. If you do have questions on that, you can email me directly at bryant at spottedplaces.com. I'd love to. Brian with a T at the end. And, um, and, uh, Bryant and you can T. still connect if you're in one of those places that has low connectivity um, as far as the government blocking you by getting a VPN. Yeah. Another pro tip for anybody listening to the podcast as you're traveling and want to use these applications. Yeah, I saw when you were traveling that periodically you jump online through Facebook and I was like, I bet you she's using some of these tricks. I was using some of them. And one of the things I was actually really sad about is uh, we went to the Great Wall and I had this dream that I needed to reenact Mulan at least uh, in a musical version. And we did choreography on the Great Wall and we had these masks that I had bought from a woman on Etsy that were like dog and cat faces. <laughs> and I had Snapchatted it and it had all been in my photo cache ready to go up when I got back to connectivity or a country that was more permissive. Yeah. And because of the issues that I was having, actually, because I was periscoping, I believe maybe I was being watched because then uh -huh. I started having wonky issues and when i went to log back on i lost all of my footage from beijing uh that was what? Maybe, yeah that's that is scary wow so don't wear masks and dance by the great wall and periscope at the same time <laughs> that is the lesson here another thing i wanted to dive into are trolls um so that is a topic that anybody that has been on the internet for five seconds has probably encountered mm -hmm. uh how do you handle trolls, especially like in Periscope, as people call you Illuminati and such as you are Periscoping? I've been called worse, I'll say that. If they're coming up with Illuminati, they're not feeling very creative that day. Um, and I want to answer, I'll answer your trolls question, and then you had asked about building um, building your audience on Periscope, so I'll talk a little bit about yes. that. Yes. So trolls, yes. I'm going to give you an answer that is probably such a clinical answer, but my background is in mental health counseling. And so one of the things that I'm yeah. constantly reminding myself in whatever I'm in is that it's not about me. I don't get on live stream yeah. to be entertained. I don't get on live stream to have somebody tell me how they feel about me. I get on live stream to provide value to the people that are on the other end. Uh, case in point, I call yeah. my selfie stick a selfless stick. And my selfie light, a selfless light, I say it's not about me, it's about them. I love it. So it's the same yeah. thing with trolls. I see that if people are projecting on me because they're having a bad day or they came on to make fun because they're struggling to find their own fun, um, that yeah. is where I don't engage. I don't block these people. I have no reason to. In any case, I feel in some way bad because they remind me on some level of a client that I've worked with. I mean, I worked with children and families for six years. Now I'm working with all adults. 
So I don't block because I like to challenge their thoughts. And honestly, it keeps me on my toes. Oh, yeah. As something to me that's derogatory or sexual, I like to turn it around and make them in the least sexual way possible that actually kind of messes them. (laughs) It's a cognitive gymnastics for you. Cognitive gymnastics. I'm going to use that hashtag. Yeah, <laughs> we should we should start that. Anybody listening to this? Cognitive gymnastics. Hashtag cognitive gymnastics. Yeah, and people are saying they <laughs> like that about me, and I like that about you guys. Yeah, they kind of know yeah. what to expect when they come in. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you had asked about things to know about live streaming and how to get into it. I mean, aside from just breaking into the Paris yeah. Summit. <laughs> Besides illegal activities. What can you do? You can build community. That's extremely important. One of the things that some of my friends who are watching right now are really good at doing. Um, I find that building community has to do with the consistency that you're providing. So like I was talking about the trolls, part of building community is I've created an atmosphere for my room. So when people come in, they know what to expect. I'm not very labile with my moods where people are not really what it is they're experiencing. If I am, then I'm probably not yeah. on live stream because that's not beneficial to anyone. Um, I always come with content and somebody was mentioning okay. right now about the random cooking shows that I do where I do voices and characters. Um, I do always come with content. I know some people get on live stream with this idea of... What? Hold, hold up real quick. What are some of these voices? Uh, can you like, can you give an example of so this? There was one actually that just had a one year anniversary. And I only know this because Facebook reminded me, but I had okay. a giant mustache and I had a hard hat and I was wearing overalls and I was a character named Randy <laughs> and Randy, Randy. wanted dog, but his wife was worried about his LDLs and his cholesterol. So she got bacon and he had a daughter named mandy and a daughter named sandy and a wife named mandy and you better not be any of his daughters because he also has a gun so (laughs) uh, that is awesome they never come back it's kind of like a saturday night live yeah um yeah variety (laughs) someone just said mario like i was making pizza so it was me mario um, I was Julia Child's child recently. Julia oh, that's a good one. That's a child, good one. But I don't know how to cook, so I'm following Blue Apron. Um, <laughs> oh. so coming in with, uh, uh, with content is extremely important because one of the things that I've seen in going into a lot of these periscopers rooms is that some of them get on as a method of being entertained. Yeah. I find that people who come in with content are the ones who continually build community. Um, And so when you share your passion, um, it ignites others and excites them to want to come back as well and also inspires them to do their own thing. Yeah, I love it. Being consistent. One of the things that was recommended um, in order to become a VIP was that I needed to be live streaming twice a day and needed to hit certain numbers as far as the people. So that's about building community again. But if you go missing for a long time, because it's hard to build an audience, then you're not going to have the results that you want. And it's like that with anything. I mean, I do 
personal yeah. training. And if you're not being consistent, you're not going to see the results that you want physically. And then being a fan to have a fan. This one's a big one. Okay. Because we as live streamers, we love to entertain. We love to talk. But part of building an audience is also not just being engaging, but engaging with others. Yeah. And so finding those people who have similar types of community that you yeah. be involved in, going in their rooms, complimenting, um, and just being a good a good community member is a really yeah. good thing to do in order to build your community on Periscope because they'll wonder who you are and what you're oh, yeah. what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned numbers for like the different status. Like, can you give us some insight for that to be like a gold status? Like what, what type of numbers do you need to be hitting to, to reach that? Ooh, I'm not at gold, so I'm not sure if I know yet. Um, yeah. I know that I think it's, so you have to have 200 uh, minimum each show okay. in order to be at bronze. Silver, I believe, is something like mm, 800 oh, wow. are tuning in. And then uh, gold is like 1,200 or something. But these aren't hard, fast rules. I think people who are still being consistent, like you won't just stay at the level that you're at. Periscope wants to reward you for your engagement. And it's the yeah. same thing. I mean, Facebook rewards also with things like algorithms. So, um, yeah. So the, all these different platforms have their own ways of benefiting yeah. the community members and those who are providing free content, essentially. Yeah. What's a, what type of content do you find helps build that community the most? Is it like the when you're building the pizza and you're pretending to be Mario? Or is it when you're actually like having kind of the, these serious conversations um, maybe related to some of the counseling stuff or topics that you've done. What, uh, what do you find people really gravitate towards? Mm, it depends what platform I'm on because I get really good um, numbers when I repurpose my content on my counseling stuff on YouTube, but I find that people come to my channel to have fun. And so yeah. For example, there was one recently that was, oops, I tripped and fell in an Ariana Grande concert because I <laughs> didn't know I was at concert, but I ended up there. And that, we had like 3,000 people live wow. that joined um, because obviously the title specified exactly what they wanted to see. So um, it really depends. I think once you've built a follower and you've built a fan base, then they'll come back to see what it is that yeah. they fell in love with when yeah. they decide to follow you. That's a good rule overall where it's that consistency again. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is this is who I like. I want to see more of this. Right, so right. I think that's a good good thing to remember. Awesome. So we actually need to work towards closing up here. Um, just looking at the time for our uh, podcast listeners. We don't want to go too long here. But uh, where can people find you? We've kind of talked about uh, Periscope a little bit. But other than that, people in interested in what you're doing, want to reach out to you. Where are some of the places that people can find you? So I actually have my own website, which was recently launched for um, health and wellness. So that focuses on mindset nutrition and physical activity and we have a free newsletter that goes out with three different challenges every month awesome. that is for growth which is mindset nourish which is nutrition and flex which is physical activity that is at projectpotential.co awesome so projectpotential.co 
is one of the places they can find me. Um, Another place that they can find me is obviously on Periscope at B. Boyankin. And um, it's confusing because I also have a public figure page, but it's the real spelling of my name. So I won't even... (laughs) If you find me on one of those, I can direct you to the other one. Yeah, yeah. And I know, like, my website has the different ways that they can find me. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's probably the two that I would recommend if they're looking for live streaming action. You are uh, an expert when it comes to Periscope and live streaming. So yeah. Yeah. It's a funny story too. I'm going to quickly say how Sarah and I met. We were actually at Startup Grind and I just crashed one of her Periscopes. It was being really annoying. I feel like in atmospheres like that, I have a really good time just like meeting people, networking, just like being kind of annoying, I guess. So I saw that she was periscoping. I just pop in. I'm like, hey. And we basically met over one of her streams. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was kind of like me breaking into the periscope. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I was only at Startup Grind because I thought that they had sandwiches and coffee there. Yeah. Startup Grind. Nope. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's a great way to do it. And I'll, I'll do a funny plug right now because you talked about live streaming and being good at it and getting paid to do it. Yeah. I'm actually going on Monday. I don't even know if I've told you. No. On Monday, I'm going to be on a pilot episode of a show that they're trying to release called Dare Plane. Okay. As in A-R-E Plane, which is I will be receiving on Monday. I will be live streaming this. I'll do six different live streams. I will be receiving a gold envelope inside of which will have a plane ticket. I don't know to where. And when I get to the airport, I have to start live streaming dares. So I will be taking dares from people on Periscope. And then I have to complete three dares on the plane. I don't yet know what they are. They are inside of the gold envelope. What? Um, But they will be flying me somewhere in the world. So I will be packing. This is perfect for spotted yeah. places too, because we obviously love travel and that sounds like something I would like eat up. Like I would absolutely love doing that. So if they're like, Hey, we need more people for this. Give them my name because I would I love to do you. that. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. And of course they won't do anything that will incite, you know, yeah. United types of behavior on you. Um, you're not going to get arrested um oh my gosh only fun years. last that i had seen only one other person has done this i'm actually the first girl to do this um he had to do things like beatbox as everyone was coming onto the plane he had to do a musically in the bathroom and use all of <laughs> the different things in the bathroom as props oh. so he was a wee moet a wee moet a wee <laughs> oh my goodness with everything in the bathroom on the plane and so this was all it's just like takes a mile high club to a whole yeah, other level. I would love to do that. That sounds like something totally up my alley. I love being goofy. So, <laughs> well, all right. Well, we probably should call it quits here. It's been more than a pleasure chatting with you, Sarah. Uh, I know this will not be our last time. So I really appreciate your time. Hello and goodbye to Thanks. everybody on Periscope. Check out Spotted Places. Thank you, Periscope man. We, we appreciate you. See you guys later on Periscope. All right. Thank you.